Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today we get to hear from Education Equals Hope's Executive Director, Celeste Bundy. She's here in Ecuador. We are super excited to hear her updates, so let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of Education Equals Hope. Welcome to the Education Equals Hope Hopecast. I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I am Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder of Education Was Hope and the director of the program in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals Age in Ecuador as well. Hopefully you know Education Was Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. And our hope for this podcast is to keep informed all of our donors and sponsors and partners in ministry about whatever is happening down here with our ministry in Ecuador. And beyond, because uh-huh. that's our focus today. Yep. Our executive, beloved executive director, Celeste Bundy, is back with us. Hi, Celeste. Hi, Cameron. Hi, Jorge Luis. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome being in country and being able to see you guys. You were in country. Finally. She was part of the vision team that uh, was here yeah, I guess last week and this week, um, the brainchild, the last two episodes you guys have heard about um, uh, from Dr. Coleman and from the clinical psychologists and social workers that came to support um, and Slavery Ministries Ecuador and Second Chances, Casa A, Casa G. Um, you are the mastermind behind that. So thank you, Celeste. It's been a gift. Thank it, you. Thank you. To hear that. It was really a friend's idea, and I've just taken the baton and ran with it. So, Well, go give that friend a high five. I will, absolutely. <laughs> but taking advantage of the fact that Celeste is in person, we, um, we thought we should have you on the show again to give us an update of our other four countries. We will eventually get to have um, guests from each uh, coordinating those sites, but we're going to start again with you. It's been at least six months since the last time you were on. Um, so we'd love to hear from you how things are. Let's start with the big one, which of course, Haiti, they've had just a few things going on. Yeah. Um, Haiti has been, um, it's always a difficult and desperate place to serve (laughs) and to work in. Um, but a lovely, amazing community of students and teachers and their families, uh, that we get to walk alongside through the good times and the bad times. Unfortunately, there have been more bad times in 2021 than there have been good times. Um, as I'm sure most of you have heard, that their president was actually assassinated in late July. And uh, just a few weeks later, on Saturday, August the 14th, a 7.2 magnitude earthquake actually mm. hit um, right outside of Lakai, which is one of the major cities that we work in there. Um, so uh, our one of our school buildings in Lakai, uh, St. Savior Episcopal School, was actually uh, destroyed in the earthquake. Mm. Um, it had to be demolished just a few days later um, so that no one would try to take up residency in it. Or Right, because the building's still standing, but you see the huge cracks, and at any point that ceiling's going to fall on you. You can't have children or anybody in that space. And it's so hard to watch it be demolished when something's still standing, but any time you walk in, it could be lights out. Absolutely. And just to protect the people, you know, from trying to go in and grab chairs for those classrooms or materials. Like all of our student profiles for that whole project in Haiti were in the building. And so now we have only the information that was on um, our coordinator's um, laptop. 
which was also destroyed in the earthquake. But, mm. um, you know, it's it's the small that, thing. Do we have that information or is that also gone? Wait, we do have the information, but it's, you oh, know, it's what like. what he shared earlier. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wait, how did that work? Oh, you know, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so in Lakai, uh, it has been um, just a very sad um, situation, um, you know, Fortunately, uh, Chip Smith, who is our other co-founder, and Joyce Pipkin, who is our ministry site coordinator for Lakai and Cabillon, um, a countryside village, um, we were together on the day of the earthquake. And just being able to be there to be su- mm-hmm. supportive of Joyce um, as we learned of this news. And then really it was immediate reaction. How can we get money to Haiti as soon as possible? Um, we've sent over $20,000 in uh, relief for food and housing, um, about 60 60- uh, of our families and Haiti became immediately homeless. Wow. So we've sent tents. Um, we're looking at opportunities to potentially build them starter homes, which is about $3,000 per home. So imagine that, North Americans, that you could build a, a <laughs> home, home for an 3, entire home with um, plumbing um, for $3,000. So really trying to, to navigate the, the waters of what is what's, what's the next best step for this family? What's the next best do, step for the student? Um, unfortunately, we did lose a, a student, um, mm-hmm. Steffi, uh, who's a nine-year-old girl in third grade, um, one of our sponsored students. So it's been it's been really rough, to be mm-hmm. honest. And mm-hmm. then our um, project in Savignette, Haiti, um, fortunately, uh, was only minor damage to one of the buildings that already needed a lot of repair. Um, so we've been able to go in and make those small uh, enhancements so that students can already begin um, going to school there. Okay. So, um, and how did the hurricane? Because it wasn't there a hurricane right after that. Uh, the same weekend. The same <laughs> yeah, weekend. yeah. So the earthquake st- struck on Saturday morning, um, and then I can't. I'm not maybe Hurricane Irma. Does that sound right? Hurricane something um, uh, actually came through the next day. So Holy these, shnikes. yeah. So these families who. Um, no longer have a safe place to stay, are sleeping out um, outside under the stars, um, maybe with a blanket um, or something that they might have had in their, if they have a car or something they were able to grab as they were leaving their homes. Um, then it's just wind and rain for days upon days. And the hurricane was very slow moving. So it wasn't um, a quick fix, I guess. You know, they were... Um, it just truly devastated. Um, like, truly, Lord, like, what are you doing? Why? What did we do to deserve all of this? Um, but um, as our coordinator on the ground shared with me via text, one day he asked, well, how are you doing, Jimmy? And he said, I can't say that I'm okay, but I must keep going. Mm-hmm. And every time I read it, I just get so emotional because that's like such an encouragement to me that um, you know, no matter what, no matter how difficult things may be, he always chooses to take the next step forward. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's listening who uh, would like to be involved in supporting Haiti, maybe maybe donate a house or $3,000. How could they do that? Uh, visit our website at educationequalshope.org. Um, you can make a general donation with a notation for Haiti, or there are drop-downs as well for our Lakai and Cavion and Savignette partners. And is there a relief part of that or should they just don't yes. um, say relief in the note if you put relief in the note that will that will be fine there's also a, um, a Haiti relief um, hurricane relief um, drop down uh, yeah option okay. to give as well okay. so 
Oh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's really, really sad. But um, our um, our students have already started school in all three of our locations. Um, so um, it's very quick building. Um, you know, uh, in Lakai, they built up a vi- put up a very temporary structure so that they could start class. Um, I believe October twenty fifth is when they began, um, and then they're at like an opening service for the school, and there are actually riots outside of the the gate because gas right now is about eleven U.S. dollars per gallon. Oh wow! And I actually read a note yesterday that it's gone up to about seventy five dollars per U.S. Gallon. Yeah, per gallon. $74 a gallon. Yeah. So I haven't had a chance to research that yet. But um, yeah, so, you know, again, perspective. We go to the pump and it's 3 or $4 right now. And, mm-hmm. and that's hard. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when you're making literally less than $2 a day, you have no way to get anywhere. Um, and obviously, we know that gasoline costs also affect food costs. And mm-hmm. so... Um, it's just it's just a very sad situation. So we all need to be um, praying for Haiti hard. Absolutely. <laughs> please, please, please pray for Haiti. Transitioning to <laughs> happier ideas like a school for the children for the visually impaired yes, in Rwanda. Absolutely. Tell yes. us about that. Yeah, this is a very happy um, place to um, – a- one of our partners, uh, our partner in Rwanda, is the Blessing School for the Visually Impaired. And um, it is, we've, they've just completed their sixth school year, which means that we have four graduates from VSVI. Wow. Wow. And um, these students are, have all passed their national exam, which is unbelievable. Yeah, it's <laughs> really an accomplishment. And they've all had the opportunity to go to secondary school. Um, so they, Last Monday, all packed up and took, the, you know, what they could um, to a new school in Ramagana. Unfortunately, BSVI is not large enough to provide secondary school yet, but we are hoping and praying that that will be something that we can offer in the near future mm-hmm. um, as we continue to graduate classes every year. So I'm just really excited for those four students, um, two who are young women, who um, Giselle and Donatha, they actually did not start first grade until they were 16 or 17 years old. Hmm. So they've graduated sixth grade at 23, and hopefully we'll be able to continue that success through secondary school to graduate from high school around 30 years old, Wow, which is super exciting. Mm. You know, having the opportunity to receive an education is, um, again, something that we take for granted. And um, these young girls and young men and would just, you know, are, are so eternally grateful for the way that our supporters and sponsors and donors come alongside of them and help them walk through this process um, for education. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, any news from Kenya? I mean, I know there's lots of <laughs> yeah, news from Kenya. There's, lots of, there's always um, need in Kenya. Um, so in Kenya, we partner in a city called Katali, which is really far out in the bush. Um, if, once you land in Nairobi, you have to take two separate flights to get to this area of Kenya. So um, it's difficult to reach, but uh, the people there are simply amazing. Um, we help about 250 students, uh, nine who are um, boys who are formerly homeless, um, uh, and the home for them is called Doors of Hope that was started after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So they ha- now have a safe 
um, home to stay in. They have a family structure. They have the opportunity to go to school. Um, and then we also have five other sites there that, you know, each day is really a challenge. Um, we have been able to meet our budget for Kenya um, twice in 2020, 2021, um, over that fiscal year. Um, but each quarter when we send funds, there's always a lack of, of money, to be honest. And that's really hard because then you have to make a choice of what do we cut children out of the program or do we are we not able to feed them? Do we have to let a teacher go and then they don't have a way to support their family or, you know, um, just the just the daily challenges of the decisions that these leaders have to make to um to try to provide mm-hmm. um, a, a safe place and an education, but not having the resources to do it. Um, I got an email from one of our ministry site leaders there, Paul, and he said, thank you so much for the funds for our teacher salaries, but we don't have any paper or pens. How can our students learn? <laughs> and I just don't know what to say. You know, I'm like, well, I guess at least they're getting to hear the things um, that they're being taught. But, you know, so we're just praying for more people to come alongside of us, specifically for Kenya, um, because there is a lot of need. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And do you do kind of reminds me of what Charles Coleman. <laughs> I don't know why I think it's so funny to call Chuck that. Mm-hmm. Dr. Charles, Charles, he's talking about that the, the majority of the world has really hard days every day. Absolutely. And it's just a small portion, a small percentage of the world that um, wakes up knowing what they're going to eat and know where, where they're going to sleep and what they're going to do. And, mm-hmm. and because we live and move in that world, um, we think that everyone has that luxury. But as you see here in Ecuador and as we've seen in Haiti and Rwanda and Kenya in years past, um, there's so much hope. You know, um, I share sometimes that I find hope in my credit card <laughs> you know? um, because I know that until a certain point I can buy things and have resources that I might or that I feel that I need. But our friends around the world, they wake up with an expectant hope that is truly indescribable, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, to be like them, mm-hmm. oh, to be able to trust and say, you know, I need um, money for shoes today. And guess what? Today's the day for dist- distributions from education equals hope or um, a friend walks alongside of them through that mm-hmm. sort of circumstance or situation and um you know i think we have a lot to learn from our our friends around the world who don't have everything that at their ready mm-hmm. here here yeah. the last ministry site around the world of course is costa rica it's a fairly yeah. small program 12 students with scott mm-hmm. and linda McAnally and um and i i know that we had to cancel the fundraiser for them yeah. in november which would have been this upcoming weekend um, but they're doing an online campaign, so there's an opportunity to give to Costa Rica. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so um, the last two years due to COVID, their um, annual Hill Country Boil. Um, has, there you go, David and April. Yeah, um, it has been canceled, unfortunately. But each year we've given um, their community of hope, really, the opportunity to to donate without receiving. So um, uh, receiving a, a very nice meal. Um, and, you know, actually, I guess they sent out an email this week, and we've received uh, quite a few donations already. But uh, okay. that, yeah, their budget is about fifteen thousand dollars per year, and all together, that's all together, for the yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, um, lots of impact with what could be considered a smaller amount of money. Hmm. 
Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Celeste. There's our update. Um, hopefully your our dear, dear listeners have up-to-date on what's been going on in Ecuador. And thank you for supplying some information for Haiti, Rwanda, Kenya, and Costa Rica. And we will certainly personally keep those in prayers mm-hmm. and ask Absolutely. lots and lots of prayers. So thanks, thanks Celeste, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Yay Bye. for being in Ecuador. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Come back soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.